TikTok is rolling out new features to try and convince European politicians that it is safeguarding user data. Apple approves a ChatGPT-integrated app after assurances of content moderation. And political media prepares for the onslaught of video and audio deepfakes for the upcoming 2024 elections. These topics and more coming up on Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Joining me to discuss some of these interesting tech news of the week is my unofficial co-host, Chris Behind the Camera. Chris, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Doing good. Yeah, got a new light. I'm very excited. We they, yeah, can see your, can your lovely see face. Yes, yes. So uh, let's jump right into the first story that I think is the most interesting one of the week, which is uh, political media's next big challenge is navigating AI deepfakes. We talked about sort of audio and video deepfakes uh, on a recent episode. Uh, remember that one where we were able to get me to sort of, you, you used AI and you cloned my voice? Yeah, I mean, I think they have an app for every aspect of creating a fake individual. Um, I, I mean, people have already seen it uh, in this article here from Vanity Fair. There was a an instance where someone tried to uh, imitate Biden over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, that that's all you need. You need, you know, because what's that app called where you can, you just give it a, couple seconds of your yeah, voice. Yeah, it was the 11, it was 11, the 11, yeah. labs, uh, 11 labs. And this is the, 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 the tool that was cited in this article by Vanity Fair. Basically, they're saying that the upcoming election, you're going to just see even more and more attempts by these deep fakers to spread misinformation and, and try to share that amongst the social media sites to get people to say, oh, look at this candidate. They're awful. Look what they said about X, Y, or Z. And um, I think we brought this up on our previous episode where this is going to cause people to, you're not going to know who to trust. You're, you're just not. And, you know, even, even uh, there was a Chicago mayor, mayoral election, was it last week or a couple weeks ago? I think so. And uh, there was a Twitter account posing as a real no- news organization uh, calling itself Chicago Lakefront News. And they tweeted an AI voiceover of one of the candidates talking about public safety. But that was a basically a fake video that reportedly got thousands of views before it was taken down. So... And again, whether or not that has an impact on, on on whether a voter chooses one way or the other, I I think that that's overblown a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, you know, remember the whole fake news and fake media, all that stuff from the 2020 election and 2016, all that other stuff. Like, I'm not sure how many, you know, maybe an individual item doesn't necessarily have the power to influence you one way or the other. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, we see the... Uh, and maybe that's a generational thing because I've at this point, I know where I stand on most uh, political issues. I think by the time you hit your certain age, you're, you're, you're not going to be swayed one way or the other. And that's the annoying thing is that people still think that you can sway someone's opinion by posting something on social media. Right. It, it's it's well, not going to happen. I think the fear of, you know these deep fakes being so accurate and so convincing, I think that's the scary part. Because at some point, it's going to be discernible of like, is this actually, like, for example, Biden? Is this actually really Biden or is it really his deepfake? Because it's going to be so hard to tell. Um, I know there's a guy out there on the internet. I, I can't remember his name, but if I say this name, I'm sure everybody's going to know who, you know, like what I'm talking about. The uh, deepfake uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Have you seen those? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so convincing and it's so lifelike. It's very hard to tell that it's deepfake. Um, 
the computer generation and stuff like that uh, that's going on with the masking and stuff of Tom Cruise's face on this guy's um, face and everything. It's it's pretty uh, mind blowing, and I think that that's the fear of like I, not knowing what's real, what's fake. Where we have the AI voice uh, create creation app, the Eleven app, whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, Eleven Labs. Eleven Labs. Um, and then we're having other aspects of of AI generated stuff. You have ChatGPT, so it's like you're starting to get the ingredients of being able to create an AI, you know, sentient being, right? Yeah, I mean, what's what's interesting is that the publicity around this right now is around sort of the celebrity stuff and the and the and the political stuff, which most people, you know, when you shine a spotlight on something you're going to sort of know rather quickly whether something is fake. If, if something did come out and a reporter was too lazy to try to verify it and then it went out and it went viral and, and someone, it would be quickly debunked, I think, because you would have so many people looking at it. The well, thing that really worries me is when people start using this technology to then try to grab money from people. Mm. So again, it's it's the it's the it, it's the highly targeted deep fake of me, for example. Because again, I don't I don't have that big of an influence. I have I have tens of viewers or thousands of viewers. <laughs> um, but again, a deep fake of 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 maybe the the CEO of your company, mm. and you you you're able to deep fake them and then and then convince the CFO to wire some money because you do this audio voicemail message that says, Hey, I'm in trouble. I need, you know, and, and it's really late at night. I've only got an hour and you've got to pay the ransom or whatever. I mean, you can think of a million different ways to sort of come up with this scam. That concerns me because though those types of situations won't get publicized as much as a deep fake of the president or, or you know, the GOP guy or, or Tom Cruise doing something. And yeah. so I think that if you use that deep fake technology and, and use it to highly target a way to get money out of people, I mean, that's a little that's a that's a lot scarier because you're going to then lose money on that. Right. Yeah. But well, here's the thing. Here's another way to think about it. It's like. You know, if someone does a deep fake of, you know, some important figure, right? President, you know, some someone in office or whatever, whomever, right? The thing is, social media travels so fast. It's like by the time they they debunk it, by the time they figure out that it's deep fake, everybody's already seen it. You know what I mean? Just because yeah, like and, how fast, how fast it and, travels. And, and this has been going on way before social media and stuff. The The... Whenever the media, like a newspaper or a TV station, makes a mistake, they'll put the headline of the of the bad news on right. page one. The correction goes, you know, page twenty four, somewhere in the back, four, somewhere in the back, and or they, and I don't even know what what TV news does if in terms of corrections, they don't they don't certainly give it the same kind of because again, the media never wants to admit well, that I mean, it's the, wrong. Well, the thing with TV is like you can't like rewind it right and go back. You have to come back on air and right. and, and make a statement, but. By then, it's it's kind of like right, and that the, the those, those same people that saw it might not be tuning in. Right, I mean that's why it's funny when you still have arguments with people, and they're like blah 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 blah, and you're like, well, no, that's been debunked. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. And then you've got to sort of prove that something has been debunked, and at that point, then they go, well, it doesn't matter. I still don't like this guy. Yeah. Like, all right, well, now you're just arguing because you're arguing for argument's sake. Well, so I, I guess what we're trying to say is like, yeah, this deep fake tech, like. They they gotta find a they gotta find a way to 
be able to tell like instantly. Yep. They have to be able to tell instantly whether, and I don't know if, and I don't know if the political media is going to do it. I don't, I don't have a lot of hopes that they'll do it because they will run with a story. If it sounds legit and it goes against whatever candidate they're against or for, Mm -hmm. uh, they, I don't, I, I think maybe the social media platforms now that they've sort of been embarrassed by what's been going on the last four years, Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll do some some moderation. Uh, I don't know. I mean, and again, even moderating that type of thing gets political, and that's uh, that just makes me roll, roll my eyes. Like the whole fact checker stuff. It's like, well, yeah, we'll fact check one candidate, but we won't fact check the other one. It's right. It's a little frustrating. I think the technology will be developed. I just don't know how fast they can they can roll it out. And actually, I'm I, and you're gonna you're gonna think I'm sounding weird for saying this. I think the I'm I'm all in favor of having these deep fakes show up for in for the election because that will then shine a spotlight on how big of a problem this is. So yeah, in, I mean, in the just one as sense, long like as it's, it's not something crazy bad, you know what I mean? Well, like, I, th- I don't think you're going to get anything super super. Cr- now, here's the other problem. So now you've got a bunch of deep fakes. Like, let's just make up some right now. Like, let's just say like. Um, uh, candidate B uh, killed a guy uh, and then buried the body in, in his backyard. Okay. That doesn't like, you know, or, you know, or so-and-so confesses to killing a guy and burying him in the backyard. Yeah. And it's, and we've got it on video and then you look at the deep and then eventually it comes out that it's a deep fake. Now, what actually happens if there's a real truthful story that sounds shocking. Do you think people would believe it or not believe it? Like, what if an actual true, like, you know, they used to call these things October surprises when, when the media would dig a, information about a candidate. And usually it wasn't the media that was digging it out. You know who it was? It was the opposition that yeah. found all this dirt. And then they hand it to the, to the reporters that are covering the campaign. And then all of a sudden you've got a big scoop. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think that, you know what the best example of this was, was the, and again, I don't want to get too political, but the Hunter Biden laptop was, was mm-hmm. the example of that, where the one side just saw it and was like, you know what, I, we're just not going to believe it. We think it's fake. We think it's fake news. We think it's fake news. And then you repeat the story long enough saying it's fake, and then people start believing that it's fake. And then right. it takes, I, you know, years or later. Now you're like, oh, oh, that was real. Yeah. But I mean, like with the, with the deep fake stuff, I guess like what I'm trying to get at is like, because social media moves so quickly, you're going to be able to make an impact whether or not they figure out if it's fake or not have in, they, have, it, in have, a manageable time frame. You know what I mean? Have you been able to see any stories or data that suggests that social media does have that kind of an impact in terms of, of swaying people's opinions one way or the other or... I, I don't know if I, I've I mean, never, I'm just I haven't thinking dug about, into it, but I, I, I don't, I just, I'm a little skeptical on, on that only because I there's mean, such an onslaught of, of information coming our way. Yeah. I mean, I follow a lot of like other like tech commentators mm-hmm. and, and, and other people of the like on YouTube. And a lot of times they'll report on stuff that comes out like within the hours. And it's like, if, if something's breaking, it's breaking. It happens like instantly. So if, if something with a deep fake, uh, you know, person in it, uh, that can sway people's minds. And it's like, at that point, it's like, whether it's debunked or not, 
it's done its job. I, right? I think with any sort of news information, and again, I've been in the news business for, you know, many, many years. Um, I used to be a newspaper reporter and would cover things. And what I learned is that most breaking news, and again, let's just talk traditional news where you're just talking like reporter on the scene, like an OJ Simpson uh, van chase. Remember, remember that? How, uh, how old were you when that happened? <laughs> maybe I, I don't know. Uh, OJ when, when, the, I, when I was when I was I don't know that what young. Was last, I was thinking of like orange juice. Whenever no, they no, said no. OJ, <laughs> no. OJ case. I'm like, oh, it's the orange juice case. <laughs> no, no. OJ Simpson. Right. Okay. So, what was the last break? What was the last big sort of breaking news event that you might remember? We'll just use an example of of. Uh, I don't want to go back to 9/11, but. Probably before there was something more recent than that, right? Uh, All right, let's just. Oh, talk. okay. Okay. How the uh, what is it? The Ohio the train incident. The the train derailment. The chemical. The yeah. The derailment. Yep. Okay. I didn't. So I wasn't following. So all right. So, so let's say something like that happens. I would say that within the first two days uh, or the first twenty four to forty eight hours, um, that most people should not believe anything that that comes out of that. Like in a, in a typical breaking news situation, uh, the first 24 hours, you know, people are gathering data. And, and what's interesting is that because we are in this 24 new 24 hour news cycle, everyone starts uh, making their assumptions immediately. Oh, yeah. Like that's what that's what irritates me. It's like most breaking news. Oh, I know the example that. Well, I, am, I don't want to bring that one up. Um most people make their assumptions and because again, you would need to have a hot take for that day. If mm-hmm. you're listening to, you know, commentary, if you're on Twitter, you need to have an instant judgment. So I don't really follow news until at least those two, two days are up. And then, and then finally more, more truth comes out. But yeah, well, this is a really touchy subject, Chris. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, it's, it's, uh, Social media, modern day social media. But again, the, it, again, it goes back to that idea of who we are only going to be able to trust th- things that people say in person from from sort of moving this this sort of this day forward. Um, or we're going to have to at least reestablish some trust into the people that are bringing us the news or or reporting on things because otherwise you know anything that comes out that you're watching on your phone or your or a video or youtube or anything like that can be can be faked and and that that concerns me a lot well well, that's why they have the uh what are they called um i think i i have it i have it's on the tip of my brain oh fact checkers the uh, online fact checkers. Well, I would rather trust a tool that could tell me whether something <laughs> was deep faked rather than, rather than just the, the content, right. at least with fact, I mean, with fact checkers and you're like, well, or he said this, but, but then this is what he really meant. I, I just don't pay attention to that. But if, if it's almost like, um, you know, when, when you have a scanner and you could tell if something, you know, a, a green light or a red light, like push a button, the algorithm runs and goes, yes, it was faked or no, it wasn't like there aren't there tools like that for photos in like Photoshop. You could tell if someone, if something has been Photoshopped, I mean, I mean, you can tell really bad Photoshops. Yeah. You can tell bad. Like if put, put my head on a, you know, uh, a really attractive, you know, body, you're going to know it's not me. Right. Yeah. But like, did that ever, did, did we ever get to the level where, you could sort of fake a photo anymore or is it because it's so prevalent that that 
people just I mean like there's there's your interesting answer or question. Yeah, I mean you could easily uh fake a photo and you can you can make it not look bad. You can make it really convincing and All right, see so here here's the challenge I want for you. Do you take my face and put it on someone that doesn't look like this? <laughs> And do a, such a good job that people might actually think it's me. <laughs> See, I think, again, the problem is that because you have so many images of me out there, that people are like, that's not you. Just have uh, ChatGPT do a new, I don't know, like Keith makeover. <laughs> Make Keith Straw look better. I typed in my name on ChatGPT on the Dolly, and, and it came up with four of the most hideous looking people <laughs> or images that I've ever seen. Uh, none of them actually look like me. So, but, I, but I do wonder about that Photoshop. I mean, I remember when, when, you know, people were like, oh, well that, uh, that photo is obviously faked because it was such a bad Photoshop job. But, you know, you and I were talking last week where there's a, you know, this tool that you learn how to use. And now we can do these images where, you know, you cut me out of a, of a photo and, you know, there's this Google Pix magic pixel eraser type thing where you point your phone and if there's someone who's trying to photobomb you in the back, you can basically erase them from the photo. Mm -hmm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, I guess it depends on how you use it, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're a creator, you know, you, you create images or, or video or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's a good tool. Yeah. But I think there's um, a general understanding that people, people don't like, you don't have to disclose that, right? You don't have to, if you, if like, say you took a picture of this right now, and you're like, I like the image, but I don't like the tech talk sign that's above Keith's head. Mm -hmm. And then you, so then you use Photoshop and you erased it. Do you have to announce that the image was altered or not? You, I don't think, I've never seen any sort of disclaimer on any sort of photos these days that say, you know, we, we physically, you know, we digitally altered the image. No, you don't, you don't have to, unless you want to be honest. Maybe in the, maybe on news photos, you still have to do that. Like, I guess it depends but on who's, that. who actually checks that stuff. Yeah, I think it depends on like how you're using the image, you know. All right, like, I think we, I think we're going to talk more about this, especially as we get closer and closer to the election. We will keep monitoring this and trying yeah. to figure out if, I, like, if I find some news that that um, uh, some some tools are out there, and then there's an easy plugin that you could you know click this button. It'd be great if like YouTube could do it or one of those other channels. Mm -hmm. I, I doubt, unless, unless there's any money in it for them, I don't know if they're going to develop it, but I will start paying attention to that. All right, so let's let's move on. We're still going to talk around the AI and chat GPT stuff. Uh, Apple uh, has now approved a chat GPT powered application after assurance of content moderation. This was... Store now. This we didn't get a chance to talk to this when it actually happened, but uh, there was an app called Blue Mail that would allow people to use ChatGPT integration to write emails for them. Uh, when they submitted this to the App Store, Apple said no, 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 no. They they said no initially because they were afraid that the AI could generate um, harmful sort of language and let you write emails that were quote unquote evil or bad or, or harmful to children. So they asked that the uh, app be restricted to, to people that are ages 17 and older. And apparently when you do that, you severely limit the availability of people to actually download it. Um, and so apparently now the app was approved following assurances from its developer that it features content moderation, according to the co-founder of the app maker. So this was something that the Wall Street Journal had reported on, and they've now reported the update that says um, 
that is now that is now available and it's still and it's now available for eight users ages four and older like who age four is going to be using email yeah i, I always question <laughs> like the uh like transparency from these uh app developers and stuff like what's the actual data that that they're collecting because you know apple's all buttoned up like that you know right they want to make sure that the apps that go on their store you know don't infringe on people's privacy but like even though they say yeah, like yeah the app is fine to use with Apple, Apple saying it's fine. Like I, I, I'd question. I'm, I'm always, I'd always be skeptical about that. I, I, I think Apple does a good job of trying to limit sort of the apps much more than Google yeah. does for for its phones. Right. Um, and I think that they do try to take a a user protection, user safety, user data protection model. So I'm fine with that in terms of at least I know that if I download an app from front on my iPhone, mm-hmm. it's not going to have malware or spam or, or, you know, it's going to cause, you know, my phone to blow up or somehow steal my data. At least right. I, I, I do have some faith in that. But now you introduce the, like this AI uh, platform onto these apps. It's like, okay, now it's doing something a little bit extra that, something an ordinary app wouldn't be able to do. Right. You know? And then it's like, okay, Apple's letting that in. And I'm like, oh, that's a little surprising. I don't know. What, in, what intrigued me about this story initially was this could be a way for Apple to sort of test the waters of uh, AI integration without necessarily having to develop their own. And, and you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked with uh, Ken Mingus and Mike Simon about, you know, why Apple's kind of staying on the sidelines because they can. Uh, and uh, then this story came out. I was like, well, this is actually a way for, for uh, an Apple user to sort of experience a chat GPT assistance or tool. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, in this case, it's basically helping them write better emails. Um, you know, I guess there's a use for that for some people, not for others. Um, but you know, I, what, what's, what's to hold back, uh, a developer to say, Hey, I've got a search engine and, or Google or Bing from putting that into an app that would then go on the phone. Right. You could do that. Yeah. If you're Microsoft, you could put this chat GPT thing into a Bing app on the iPhone. I don't know if hardcore Apple users are going to want that anyway, but yeah, they'll put Clippy. They'll put Clippy <laughs> on the, uh, the iPhone. That'd be a great addition. Where is the clip? I'm sure that the. Do you think that's got to exist somewhere? The Clippy A. You know, Clippy AI. Oh Clippy yeah, I'm sure. iPhone app. Uh, so I mean, they, again, that's that's another thing that's that's again where you know news comes out almost every day about ChatGPT, including this one. Uh, have you heard about this new job position called uh, prompt engineer? No, you have not. Uh, increasing use of generative AI models such as OpenAI's ChatGPT has spurred demand for a new class of engineers called prompt engineers. These individuals design the way an AI speaks and how users speak to it, and can have a direct impact on how users perceive the AI and engage with it. This all came. This whole sort of new wave of jobs that might be interesting came about because Sam Altman, who is the CEO of OpenAI, so they're the ones that developed. Uh, chat GPT. Uh, he, br- he did a, a quote uh, or he did a tweet from a couple weeks ago that said, writing a really great prompt for a chatbot persona is an amazingly high leverage skill and an early example of programming in a little bit of natural language. And though, so everybody in Silicon Valley jumped on that. Now you're starting to see job posts of like, 
If you know how to write a good prompt for ChatGPT, or if you know how to write a good prompt for these Dolly, you know, image generators, they'll hire these people to try to make the the chat, you know, make it produce better content. Now, I don't know how much they're getting paid for this because I think there's that Fiverr uh, freelance service where you can just kind of low bid everybody. So maybe maybe that's that's how you start start generating some more income. But I you know I can't see this as a six figure job. Maybe it is. If it is, if someone knows how to write a prompt better than me, because um, my prompts sometimes stink. But th- I think that's how you learn uh, is through trial and error. And so uh, there there are some skeptics who are saying, yeah, this thing is not going to. I mean, I don't, you know, the, as people get better at the tool, you know, then I don't think you'll need this. But imagine like back in the days when search engines came out, there was no mad rush of people going, uh, we need to hire someone on, to tell someone how to use Google or or right. how to use a search engine. It, what did you rely on? You relied on people to basically... I think we relied on how to the use uh, librarian back in the day because computers are only in the library. See, that's... So, yeah, you're showing, your, you're showing your age, dude. I remember when computers weren't even in the library and we had to use the thing called the Dewey Decimal System. You had like typewriters and... We had to walk the school... Hammer and chisel. Both ways uphill. <laughs> I screwed up that joke. All right. So let's move on to TikTok. All right. Uh, video sharing app TikTok has launched an effort in the UK amid a wave of other governments restricting its use. We've talked about this before. Uh, colleges here are banning TikTok. The government, some governments, including the state government, some state governments are banning TikTok. Uh, I think all eyes are now on Europe because Europe has this nice little thing called GDPR, and there's a fear that this is gonna, like, they're gonna drop the hammer. So it it feels like these guys are all in full kind of panic mode. Would you agree on this? Uh, you want you want to explain sort of what to do? I don't have the the story up, so if you want to explain, explain what what is TikTok doing? Uh, I mean they're ba- I mean they've basically infiltrated the whole country through the app, okay. uh, essentially. <laughs> but they're trying. They're trying to. They've created this thing called uh, Project Clover which is an aimed at convincing European politicians that the video sharing app is safeguarding user data on the continent. Uh, the first stop was London. TikTok executives this week briefed British political advisors, think tanks, and other policymakers on TikTok's plan to secure the data of European users, people familiar with the matter set. So a story in the Wall Street Journal. Um, this project Clover apparently makes reference to the symbol of Ireland, where TikTok plans to build two data centers to store the data of European users. So it again, this this feels like a PR campaign to head off a potential ban in Europe and say, all right, well, we will only store the data on these Irish data servers, so the Chinese government or whoever is accessing this data will not be allowed to access. And then it sort of falls under this GDPR protection rules and things like that. And again, we are getting closer and closer to the TikTok executives testifying before Congress. I don't know. I That'll be exciting. I still don't trust TikTok at all, but I also don't use it. Yeah, I, I don't buy it. I feel like it's all PR. I, I feel like it's all PR. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it feels like the only 
people that are doing things with it are the young people. Right. And they don't like it if you ban anything. But young people, they'll get over it. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think they care. All right. And speaking of young people, I want to t- kind of talk about our, our, our feel-good story of the week. Okay. I, f- I ran across this on PC Gamer. Do you have, did I, did I give you this link? No. You want to okay. send it? Yeah. Hold on. This is technology at its finest. Boom. So there's a store. Oh, don't use the, don't use, <laughs> don't use the image. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so don't, don't call it up yet until you can find the, uh, I'm just going to start. What I it, mean, it, it's kind of like half uh, cut off. So, I mean, yeah. Okay. So young workers apparently don't know how to use office printer scanners and ancient desktop PCs. There's a story that came out that basically it's a, it's a, you know, there's a, um, uh, there was a report in the guardian that was basically saying that, uh, younger people don't, you know, how to use scanners, copying machines, photocopiers, because they're not using it in their regular life. They're using their phone. They're not, and, and, and if they are using a computer, um, they're just not going to the printer or the scanner and, and doing that type of things. Like it's almost easier if you were like, say you had a document like this and you wanted to scan that information. Um, you can do it by taking a picture of your phone and then emailing that phone to someone or emailing that image to someone. And then you don't have to use the scanner. You don't have to use a printer if you don't want to, if you, you don't, don't need the paper. Um, but what's great about this story here is that they're using pictures of from the movie Office Space where the characters famously had problems with printers. So printer technology has never gotten any better. Um, so I think it's funny that like there's an assumption that younger people know how to use all technology, but they don't realize that a lot of office technology is now old in terms of some of know, these tools. Yeah, I think the younger generation doesn't know how to use analog technology. Yeah, but a printer isn't necessarily analog. A little bit. It's got big round buttons, <laughs> makes like loud noises, goes beep, boop, beep, boop. It's kind of analog. Right. You know, it's the closest thing to, you know, an analog device. I don't know. I've been, I've been a tech guy for 20 something years. So I've, I've, I've always been an enthusiast around technology. Uh, so I've been, you know, I wrote uh, reviews of multifunction printers when they first came out. And that, this was the idea that, you know, you used to have something called a printer and you used to have something called a scanner and you would have separate devices. Uh, and you, you, you had a fax machine. And so <laughs> at some point someone was like, hey, why don't we take the three different devices and smoosh them into one? And so they did. And that was called a multifunction printer. Now, the problem with these things um, is that because the smooshing worked, that's a technical term, Chris. Because, because it worked, they started saying, well, we can now take this one device that does three things, and we're going to add 20 more features. And so they've added more features. And so now we have a giant machine with seven different cartridge paper things, right? So seven different sizes of paper and probably cardstock and photo paper, whatever. It came. It comes with a an LCD monitor with things you could touch and buttons, um, so that you know if you don't want to just print something, if you want to copy something, you have to like push all of these buttons to do all of these features. You can sort of scan and then type in an email address, and then it'll email you this this PDF to your email address back at your your cube. So I don't necessarily blame these younger workers for looking at this going i don't know that because i you know i've been around for 25 plus years in this space and this thing i was like i don't want to ever be trained on this device 
I just want my printout. Yeah, I mean, so that I could read it on the air. Like that's yeah. all I want. I mean, there's easy, easier ways to do it today. I mean, like you said, just scan it on like Google Drive and then just connect it to the. I'm amazed at my closest printer. I'm amazed at my house when my kids figure out how to use the printer or they actually print something to our, to my printer. Mm-hmm. But I still get requests from other family members that's like, oh, I need you to scan this for me or I need this. Can you just look on the cloud and find it and send it to me in an email? I think we do more work helping people with their stuff. And again, this comes back to that old analogy of like you teach a man to fish, they'll fish for a No, wait. If you give a man a fish, they'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, and he has fish for a lifetime. You've heard that one, right? Yeah, I've like, heard of that. For example, if if you if you taught me how to use the video editing thing that you've got there, then I could technically understand it at some point and use it. But rather, I would just say, no, just 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 push the buttons for me. Right. So, young people, there's hope. And if you ever need me to sort of show you how to, tr- you know, use the printer scanner, multi-fax thing, I wouldn't worry about the fax any- machine anytime soon. So what's fax? What is a fax? That, we'll, tech, we'll, we'll kind of tackle that on the, next dish, on the next episode. <laughs> All right, Chris, thanks, thanks as always for kind of chatting with me and being my puppet master and uh, sounding board. You are awesome. Nice. No problem. All right. That's all the time we've got for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and add any comments you have below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. Have a great day, and we'll catch you next time.